morning, good morning, Living Stones. Thank you for joining us. This is a special day. This is a special day, well, a special weekend uh, where we celebrate our independence. Well, you know, there's only one way, only one way to celebrate true independence from this, uh, the strongholds of this world, and that's through Jesus. That's through Jesus Christ. And let's help, help me celebrate, uh, help us celebrate uh, his glory today. Please raise your hands. Raise your hearts, raise your voices, and let's celebrate our Heavenly Father. I'm not going away, wait for the walls to Cause I know a name that will bring them down Well, I've got a praise walking within my soul well, I'm not ashamed to declare it now Light of the world, trample the darkness Nothing can stop it you are the God of the promise. Every word will be accomplished. Nothing can stop it. You are the God of the promise. Repair the way the King of glory comes. For his name, everything must bow. Throw off your chains, Jesus, destroy them all. Oh, from the grave, he is with us now. Light of the world, trample the darkness. Nothing can stop it. Trample the world. 
able to taste the weight of your glory and presence, Father. So thank you. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to Just Jesus. Just Jesus. You know, we're going to enter into a time of communion, but I want to go on the spirit of worship and just be still and quiet for a minute. Let the presence of Jesus wrap around you. I pray that you would know this morning the incredible worth and value that that Lord all God Almighty puts on you. Because you're worth so much. You're worth so much. God, this morning as we enter into communion, think about that incredible worth and value that God placed on you. And as you hold those communion elements in your hand, we talk about the bread representing his body and the juice representing his blood. And we say this phrase a lot, but my greatest desire is that you know your worth to your heavenly father. The one that says you can call him not just father, but daddy. That what he gave and what he would give for you beyond what you can think and beyond what you can imagine and we know what scripture says about communion we know what scripture says about his body that was sacrificed and his blood that was spilled but I'm not sure sometimes we fully grasp and understand the depth of what he did and the worth he placed on you because if it were just you he would do it anyway Because when he willingly let himself be put up on that cross, he was looking at you and he had you specifically in mind. And don't ever forget that. And don't ever lose the value of that. So as we take communion this morning, I'm going to say it again, know your worth. Because it's beyond what you can comprehend. But as you know your worth and take he places that worth and value on those around you too. And what scripture tells us is that uh, as they sat down and had a meal, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And he told his disciples, this is my body and it's broken for you because you matter, because you're valuable, because I love you. And he told them, take and eat it and do this Every time you do, remember me.
and scripture tells us he also took the cup, the wine, the juice, and he explained to his disciples that this is his blood that was spilled. And it was spilled to cover their sins. And it was spilled to cover my sins. And it was spilled to cover the world's sins, but it was spilled to, spilled to cover your sins. When Jesus spilled his blood, he was thinking of you. Don't miss that. So as you take this, remember this is Jesus' blood spilled for you. And as we continue in worship, as you've taken communion, remember this is also a celebration now. Because when Jesus did that on the cross, when he was done, he said, it is finished. It is done. And the sin and all the things that hold you back were taken away in that moment. And there is no struggle anymore. And there is no holding you back anymore. Because Jesus gave his blood and his body for you. And it is done.
today. Uh, oh, give him, give him praise. Seriously. Sh- give him a shout. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your goodness, God. <laughs> Man, how grateful and lucky are we to be in the thickness of this presence this morning. Would you just turn to a neighbor, maybe someone you haven't seen before, give him a a greeting, a hug, a handshake, an elbow touch, whatever. <laughs> Just welcome Livingstone's Church. It's bright up here. I can't even see all you good-looking people out there in the audience. But I know that you're here. I know that you're here. Okay. Good morning, you guys. Um, I am Sarah. Where's your microphone? Voila. Let there be sound. Can you hear me? Oh, there we go. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Right? Okay, good. Um, So, welcome. We are so glad to have you guys in here this morning. Um, Thank you for joining us. If you are uh, online, thank you for joining us on there. And we are going to continue with our tithes and offerings. There's a few different ways to give. You can give online um, in the Church Center app, livingstones.tv. In the Bible app, you can give in person. Our wonderful ushers, I'm sure, are back there. And we'll be bringing buckets up in just a few minutes. Um, and so I think that AJ has a verse for us for this morning. Yeah. Let's just come forward a bit. All right. Yeah, I, I'm looking at 2 Corinthians 9, and uh, it talks about being generous, a generous church, right? And, and you plant and many seeds will be re- reaped if you plant many. And it's about generosity, right? And I've seen generosity go out, especially 
seeing Adam online doing the bottle handouts and, and seeing uh, our youth ministry giving to the community, right? And this is this makes my heart really happy to see that going on. But to do that, we got to make sure that our church has uh, stuff to give out, right? And it's up to us as, as a, a populace, as a body to do that. And it asks us for that, right? And it says uh, in 2 Corinthians 9, yes, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when you take your gifts to those who need them, they will be they will thank God. So two good things will result from the ministry of giving. The needs of believers in Jerusalem will be met and they'll be joyful and express their thanks to God. So I think that the more that we pour out, the more that we give as a body, the more we can infect our community and affect the words of Jesus Christ just by the love and the actions that we do. It doesn't matter if we are, um, <laughs> it doesn't matter if we have intentions of showing Jesus, right? It does matter because what happens is our giving produces fruit. The more we plant, produces the community to be revived in his name. So this And another thing is we can't outgive God, right? Like God, God God gave like the best gift that he could ever give to us. And so we can never outgive him. Like if we give all that we have, he's just going to keep on Comes giving back. it back to us, right? So that we can keep pouring it out. So there's no such thing as outgiving God, which I think is amazing. So I'll let you pray now. Sorry. Lord, thank you for the day. Thank you for man this beautiful people in your house and the presence that's falling upon us, Lord. Thank you for letting us uh, know what communion is about, Lord. Thank you for the message uh, that was preached about that, breaking of the bread, breaking of the, the body, the blood, Lord, that you poured for us. And it wasn't because you were weak. You allowed that to happen for our grace and to for us to be full and the veil to be ripped. And thank you. We got we to give once we know that message, Lord. We got to give, give it with all we got, Lord. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And our ushers are passing out the buckets. And then, um, so first of all, we want to thank our VIP guests. Um, Danny, I don't know. Normally, I feel like we have lights that we can kind of see into the crowd. I don't know. So I'm not used to being up here, like, under the spotlights like this. And I'm not going to sing for you. So I just, oh, oh, my gosh. Wow. There are, hello, everybody. Thank you so much, Danny. I appreciate that. Okay. I'm like looking down here like, okay, am I talking to people or am I talking to myself? Talking to people. Good. That's who I like to talk to is people. Okay. Anyhow, so welcome to our VIP guests. Um, if you are new and if this is your first time, we would love to have you guys um, fill out our connection card and turn it in. Miss Sunny's work in our back booth for us. Um, and then there's a cool gift that we would love to give to you guys. All right. There's youth. Where's youth at? Woo woo. Do we have any youth? Come on, youth. Youth? Okay, they're being quiet. They're being shy and yeah. quiet. They're here, Come though. On. They're Mr. here. Caden, youth. Well, it's going to be at Ed and Julie's house this Tuesday. Yeah. Woo, woo. Awesome. And guess what? What happened this weekend? We almost raised $900 at the garage sale yeah. to send kids yeah. to youth camp. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that is cool. And it was, it was good, yeah. There were a lot of people... We got to pray over people there, minister to people, and it was just a huge way to just reach the community. It's not even about the money, right? It's about being in the community and giving what's needed. Exactly. And if that's prayer, then cool. And if it's items, then cool, too. Um, you got to pray over many people at the, at, at the event, right? So yeah. there. Yeah. It was uh, last, also, now it's the last chance to go to camp. So register today. Yeah. If your kids haven't signed up or if you have youth that would like to go to camp, um, get on there. Let us know. And we would love for you guys to get to go there. Because final numbers are being submitted. If you just need a break from your teenagers. Just yeah, just send them. Sign just them sign them up. Please. Just like surprise them. Drop them off on the 24th and be like, peace. <laughs> Mom and dad get a break tonight, right? Yes. This week. Yeah, that's good. 
We still have one that's going to be at home, so that's fine. Okay, not as exciting. Yeah. Um, okay, so this Thursday is Sisterhood. We are starting our book study of Uninvited. And um, if you haven't read your chapters one through three, don't worry. There is time before Thursday. You can get that read. If you didn't get a chance to sign up, we actually have six available copies. And we would love to have you guys join. It is on Thursday at our house. My house, your house, our house. Yeah. He lets all the ladies come over, so it's good. I'll be upstairs, I think. I <laughs> he doesn't join for the, the, the book study, so that's okay. Guess what's today? Fourth of July Family Fun Day. Woo woo! We are partnering with a local realtor for a community event, jumpers, free food, and fun for the whole family. Today at Avilia Sports Park, 4 p.m. Come, come out and hang out with us and, and uh, spread the message of just getting to know who we are as a, as, as a church body and, and pouring out the love of Jesus there, right? So come get involved in your community today at 4 o'clock. Avilia Sports Park. And free food, Park. hello, dinner. Check that off the list for tonight, right? You don't have to feed your family. Just bring them and feed them hot dogs. At the yeah, that's going to be awesome. Okay, good. Um, next up is our Estonia Bible Project. You guys have been... Yeah. There's clapping in the side wings. I think that's Pastor Keith. <laughs> um, you guys have been so generous. We have been able to raise enough money for about 120 wow. Bibles. Yeah, awesome. And I know that the kids, I think Pastor Chelsea was saying that the kids have raised enough money just by themselves for 25 Bibles. That's amazing. Like, wow. Those are our kids that are wanting to get Bibles into the hands of the people in Estonia. That's awesome. Um, and so if you want to donate to that, that would be awesome. Bibles are only about $15. So you can do that um, on our online uh, giving app. There's a little drop down bar for Bibles, Project. Bible Project, Estonia Bible Project. So you can do that. And then, last summer worship night. <laughs> next Wednesday. This Wednesday coming up, right? No, next, not next. this week. Next week. Next the week. 13th, July 13th. July 13th. Yeah. Right here. Right here. Worship. Come get, yeah. Come get and it. if you guys got a chance to go to the last one, it was amazing. Just like the presence of God was, awesome. was here and it was phenomenal. So and we, we got are blessed to go that. to Estonia that week too after worship. Yeah, night. we so did. So we're on fire on the plane. It was yeah. on the plane and even Kate was on fire. Went, we went worship night? Not real fire. Okay. Don't be no. concerned for us. We weren't like really on fire, but <laughs> on, fire on fire for God. On fire for God. God. Yeah. Okay. And so that is it for our announcements. Um, today we have a little bit of a special service because there were four of us that got to go to Estonia. Um, and we just got back. I think we've been back for a week now. We got back a week, um, from Friday. And so we are going to get to come up here and just kind of share a little bit of what happened in Estonia, what was done in Estonia and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, I'm going to have Caden come up. Caden got to go. Pastor Keith was there. Yeah. AJ was there. I got to go, so it was awesome. So we're going to kind of share about that. Do we want to? Yeah. Okay. Oh, this is tall. I can't, like, how do I get up here? Okay. I'm going to try not to, but no promises. That would be a pretty fun show, right? Seeing Sarah fall off the stool. Okay. Oh, is it on? Okay. Okay, good. Um, so... I think that what would be the best way to start off is with Pastor Keith, the sharing how we even got to Estonia in the first place. Do you want to share about that, Pastor Keith? Yeah, and so maybe I should ask a question real quick. Does anybody even know where Estonia is? Who doesn't know where Estonia is? Oh, wow. Okay, 
That's good. Who has ever outer space, you know, who's like ever that? heard of Estonia before us? Okay. But most people, it's, it's a pop culture uh, movie reference for, for Estonia. Um, you ever heard of Encino Man? Brandon Fraser movie? That's usually where people hear of Estonia. So uh, Estonia is a little country that sits um, on the border of Russia, about two hours from St. Petersburg, if you know where that is, right under um, Finland, uh, uh, under the Baltic Sea. Small country that population is about a, less than a million and a half, million three, and the country itself would fit inside of Riverside, Orange, and L.A. County. So this is not a big place. You can drive like across country in like three hours. You can drive the whole country. country. Three hours. Um, and, and to frame how we got there and part of where we go, um, we, if you think about it from a missions perspective, um, uh, missions organizations often talk about unreached people groups. And we usually, when we think of unreached people groups, and this is why we'll tie into the Bibles as well, um, when you think about unreached people groups, mo most people think of a jungle in Africa or in the Amazon, and they don't think of uh, the modern Western world. Um, but statistically, an unreached people group is any population that's less than 5% Christian or evangelical Christian. And right now, Estonia would sit at about 1.5%, which means if you were to get on a bus or a train in Estonia and there were 100 people, one of them might know Jesus. Um, and that should, that should be a wow because that should get our attention. The other thing, and, and the reason the Bible Project is so important to us, and we'll get more on the trip, is you can go into communities in Estonia where there isn't a church. And the closest church might be an hour or two away. You can go into communities and villages in Estonia, and you can pray over a meal. You can mention the name of Jesus. And here, if you pray over a meal, if you show a cross, if you mention the name of Jesus, whether people believe or not, they know what you're talking about. You can go into villages and communities in Estonia and you can mention Jesus or show a cross or pray and they literally have no frame of reference. They, do, they don't know what that means. So in a modern world, we think of a jungle in Africa as a place that the name of Jesus has never been proclaimed and they don't know. But there are places, even in Eastern Europe, where the name of Jesus has not yet been proclaimed yet. So how we got there is back, what, eight, eight years ago, I got the opportunity to go and partner with some local pastors um, to start to discover how can we help them make the name of Jesus known. And, and I'm always clear as we go into the mission field, sometimes as Americans think we're going to take Jesus into a, a foreign land in a country that he's not been proclaimed. And what I'll tell you is that's a wrong mentality because Jesus is actually there and he's alive and well, but they need laborers to come alongside them and help them pro proclaim the name of Jesus and make that name known. And that's where we get to do and our main focus as we go to Estonia is how can we serve the pastors and the leaders and the Christians that are trying to make the name of Jesus known in their community? What can we do to come alongside them? What can we do within our power to give them the tools, to give them the resources, to give them the energy, to give them the time and all those things so that they can make the name of Jesus known? So it's been, it's an eight-year journey now. This, this summer is eight years since the first time we had the opportunity to go. And it's just been such an incredible journey of relationship, of time, of learning, and of lowing, learning to love a country and a people that I don't know if any of us would have thought we would have loved going in. Um, but I'll tell you, and most people who know me know I love Disneyland, but Disneyland's got nothing on Estonia because that is one of my happiest places on earth. Yeah. That, yeah, that's good. Um, and then, AJ, do you want to share about how we got to Estonia? 
not not this trip, but like in general. <laughs> it was. Uh, I, was I was helping him out six years ago. <laughs> so we uh, decided. My, my wife saw a VBS program at a local church here, and uh, my kids wanted to go to the VBS program, and uh, we were already attending a, a, another church here in the area, and I was already embedded into a lot of leadership there, and uh, they came, and, and uh, I got to go see their VBS program on a Sunday, on Father's Day, actually, about six years ago, and I got to see Pastor Keith and, and some others that were going to Estonia, and, and got to pray over them while they're going to Estonia, and after we're done, my wife goes, man, that, that sounds like it could be for you, right? And, and usually I told her I wanted to go and, and uh, to a, a mission trip, maybe to uh, South America or Africa. The, the, the program was Africa. And I thought, well, only the people that are like leaders and, and pastors could go do this, right? And so when I talked to them as I came back, they said, no, anybody that has a heart to go do this could go with us. And, and to me, I was like, man, that's good. And then I thought it was just for me, but Sarah thought it was just for me too as well, but it ended up being for her as well. It ended up being that on her heart to go do this. And we decided to go one summer as a, as a, a couple. And I think it was like two groups. One group went to uh, Tartu. The other one went down to Kayla Church. And I was part of the, the ones that went to Kayla. And, man, we just fell in love with the, the people. We fell in love with the culture. We fell in love with, um, man, just being used uh, in any capacity. And people think, well, we have to go there for our own purpose and do what we, you know, build something or do something. But no, just what you go there is find out what the needs of the community is and what they need. Sometimes it made this be encouragement. Sometimes it made this fixing a gate, <laughs> a, a, a yeah. electrical gate, or maybe riding to a strange place to go chop wood in the middle of the night with two Russian-speaking guys with a chainsaw. You never know. <laughs> so... Now he's giving you some very, you know, this is sinister sounding stuff, right? Well, let me add something. Something I missed is our spirit of going to Estonia, and I, I think our attitudes towards missions is a little bit different. Um, and and I, I encourage people to go read this for yourself because I think it applies in Estonia for us. I think it applies in our community. There is a passage of scripture in the book of Acts 6, 1 through 8, where the apostles are called to do people-facing ministry. And they're called to preach the gospel to people. And sometimes as Americans, when we go on mission trips, we feel we want to go preach the gospel. But we don't always know the language and we don't always know the culture. But we insert ourselves into this prominent role. And eight years ago, after the first time I came back from Estonia, God spoke to me very clearly and said, it's our role to, and he took me to the book of Acts 6. And the book of Acts 6 discusses where there are the apostles and they're trying to do their primary calling. And we're going to talk about something in Timothy later that applies to that, but their primary calling was to preach the gospel to people. But then their time was being taken away with other tasks that were very important. Taking care of widows, distributing food, things that were necessary to ministry in the church, but weren't their primary call. And in that passage, um, they sat down and they chose Stephen and these six other men because there was a need to minister in different ways. And God very clearly spoke to me eight years ago and said, our role in Estonia is to serve. Because if we can serve the leaders and Christians in Estonia, that gives them more time to minister to people. So we go with the attitude of, and, and as AJ gets and we get into some of the specifics, we go with the attitude to serve because every minute we make coffee or fix a gate or they do the behind the thing scenes, we are giving more time to a person that lives in Estonia that speaks the language because we go and we come home and we love it. 
but we're here eight, nine, ten months of the year. And we want to give as much time with the pastors and leaders in Estonia that can minister to these people and disciple them and walk the journey of faith with them and reach new people. Every minute we give them with those people is valuable. So we take a servant role, just like the book of Acts 6, um, to serve the leaders so that they can reach more people. And that's a little bit different mentality than some mission teams, and there's nothing wrong with the others. But every one of the things I think we'll talk about is we go to a camp. And there's a lot of dishes to be done at a camp. But every dish we do is five minutes that a leader gets with a kid who's never heard the name of Jesus, who comes from a hurting home, who comes from a desperate situation, just knows need, needs to know Jesus. And they can articulate and share Jesus in a different way that we can because of culture, because of language. So how also our mission in Estonia was formed was very specific with a scripture that says, go serve, free up their time to reach people. Just like Stephen and, and, and the other men, go serve so the apostles can reach people. Nice, good. Um, yeah, and so like AJ was saying, uh, we got there and we fell in love with it. And this was my fourth time going back. Um, I will tell you that when COVID happened, like, you know, because we were planning on being back, you know, the summer of 2020. And I just cried like a baby. I was like, what do you mean I don't get to go to a right? Because I, I just love it and I love the people there. Um, so much. And then, um, so Kaden, do you want to share how you got to Estonia? Yeah. Okay. So first off, um, so it was one random Saturday afternoon. They had just got done with a friend of friend garage sale, I'm pretty sure. We were eating at Denny's and, we're, and they were just like, oh, let's go over there to see like, oh, can we help like clean up or anything? And we go over there and like we liked everything was already packed up and we sort of like sit there and we're talking. And he says, hey, and by the way, I'm going to Estonia with or without you guys. It's your choice. And so, uh, and so they were just like, sort of like, um, talking about it, they're just like, yeah, I think we want to go. And they look at me, and they're just like, do you want to go? And, the, and my parents, they've been going to Estonia since what year? They've been going, 2016, yeah. So they've been going for six years. So sort of like hearing about Estonia and hearing them talk about it, I always sort of knew that I wanted to go, but I never knew when would be the right time, you know? Because it's sort of like sort of the thing where you don't see, you often don't see 14-year-olds going halfway around the world on a mission trip, right? It's very, like, odd to see that. Yeah. So, and then this one verse from 1 Timothy 4.12, it says, do not, I'm going to paraphrase, it says, do not let anybody judge you because you are young, and yeah. some other stuff. And so that sort of popped in my mind, and I was just like, you know, I will go. Because I had to say yes, or else I would, like, overthink it and be like, you know what, no, 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 I don't think I'll go. So, that's how. Yeah. And I think that's, that's huge is to be able to see somebody that knows that just because age is just a number, right? Like, you can serve the Lord with your whole heart, and, and age doesn't matter. And so, um, it was cool. As parents, I'll just talk about that, getting to see your son go over there and, you know, lay his own needs down and be able to um, do what God called him to do over there was um, amazing. And so... I would just encourage you that if you have children, let them serve. Let them be a part of things. Don't hold them back. Don't say, oh, no, you're too young. Like today, Ava wanted to help at the cafe. And I was going to be like, oh, no, like, you know, you're still only 11. And then I'm like, no, like she can serve alongside me. Why not? Like that's what we want to do is we want to raise up kids to serve the Lord, right? Because if they that's don't right. serve the Lord, they're going to serve people. And, and serving people is all fine and dandy. But ultimately, we want them to serve the Lord. And, and I need to brag on Sarah and AJ for a minute because – when Sarah and AJ first said we want to go, 
that was the genesis of, not just in the church, but in their family, this desire to serve. I watched a couple who tentatively served. I watched uh, an AJ and Sarah who, who loved Jesus, but I think weren't sure about serving and weren't, they were all in for Jesus, but, but this going across the world and doing crazy stuff, I'm not sure they were there. And I've watched them over the years grow into that. I watched the years going from being tentative about doing it to can't wait to do it. And I've watched what that's done in Caden and I've watched that what's, what's that's done in, in, in Ava. And there is, this isn't really where we're going, but what, watching Sarah and AJ model for their kids what it looks like to serve. What it looks like to say, and there's a scripture that we love that's very near and dear to our heart from the Old Testament that relates to Estonia, and I'm not going to quote the reference, but it's here am I, send to me. And that's that model up here. And AJ and Sarah said, here am I, send to me. And Caden said, here am I, and send to me. Um, and, and it grows, and it's infectious. And I even hope today is infectious because people want to go and they want to serve. And this is like way out of order, but I hope what today plants in your hearts is that I desire to serve and say yes to Jesus. And if that's in Estonia, find us, we'll get you there. If it's in Mexico, find us, we'll get you there. If it's at the park to later today, find us, we'll get you there. But I hope what comes out of today is I want to say yes to Jesus. Whatever that looks that's like, right. and I'm not going to be afraid of it. That's good. And then we have some pictures. I don't know, are we blocking? Like, can we, can we do some pictures? Okay. I'm going to have to use Katie's leg to turn. Okay, you want to put some pictures up for us? Yeah, let's move to the side just a little bit. We love our pictures. And if you know anything about us, like if you ask us a single question about Estonia, we will talk and we will not stop talking about Estonia. Like that's how much we, we love it. Um, and so uh, getting over to Estonia for, was interesting for this us. This time was really interesting. Yeah. Um, because we got, so um, we flew from L.A. to Estonia. And that was like a 10 hour and 15 minute to Helsinki, Helsinki. To Helsinki yeah. Um, it was a 10 hour and 15 minute flight. We missed our flight um, from Helsinki to Estonia, which is a 25 minute flight. We missed it, like it hadn't taken off, but they wouldn't hold the plane for us. And so um, we missed it probably by, I don't know, like three or four minutes. Um, and we wound up getting to stay in the Helsinki airport for 17 hours. So we, this there. is how we slept. She takes a lot of photos of me. Sleeping. People sleeping. Yeah. yeah, I do. Just normal, you it's, know? You have to remember, right? Um, and so in that, like, God does things, right? Um, and I didn't understand what God was doing. I literally, like, when they said, oh, no, we'll put you on the next flight tomorrow morning, I was like, what? Like, I mean, I, I had no self-control over myself. I just sat there and cried. Like, and the lady at the counter was like, ma'am, like, what do you want us to do? I'm like, you have four more flights. Every single one of them is full. I can't stay here. But but that's out of the love for the people and just wanting to be there and just be with the people so badly. Um, and, yep, there's uh, – you fly – if you've ever flown over there, it's all green and it's beautiful. It's really, it's not like California green. It's like no. different – it's when like we a flew pretty back green. into LA, we were like, this is where we live? Like, what is this? Like, you see no green when you fly into LA. It's like all gray and, like, smoggy and, like, buildings everywhere. Okay. You're just like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep, and then you can go through a couple more pictures. These are just some, you know, the Estonian flags there in the middle. This is in Tallinn. Yep, right? some in of the town. buildings, yep. Old Vista. Yep. And then, Pastor Keith, do you want to talk about the summer festival yeah. real quick? He's getting <laughs> pumped. <Yeah>. Oh. <laughs> I, I, on this one, I had him start counting at 98, so it looked like I did a whole lot. 
So in Estonia, the, the Christian community is, is much different here, and we, we have a lot of denominations, and we have a lot of things. There, there really is one church union and denomination. It's a very tight-knit group, and something wonderful they do every year is they do, uh, and it moves cities, but they do something called the Summer Music and Gospel Festival, and it would almost be like if the Free Methodist Church did a conference or a treat, but everybody's invited, and everybody comes, and, and most of the Christian community comes, um, to, to get energized, to get recharged, to reconnect. And um, they did that in Tallinn this year, and I actually got there a day before, so I was actually to go visit and spend some time with people. But um, one of the things that I love about Estonia and the church community there is, and, and I hope this isn't political, guys, but sometimes here in the U.S. we get very siloed in our churches. And churches do their own things, and it becomes a lot about the name on the building and, and not as much about, about the big C. And the church in Estonia, and I use the church on purpose, the church is very much the church. And the name on the building and the building you go to um, is differently important to them. Um, sometimes churches here, let's be honest, we even compete over people and over things, and they just don't do that. It's, it's a different community, yeah. and it's one of the great things that I believe that as much as we've given to Estonia, we learn, is we learn a different way of doing church and what church looks like and a different way of what the church in the community looks like. So that, that's one of the things that I love. Um, and, and that was kind of the first thing we got to do is I got to spend some time at the summer festival, reconnect with some people, because it had been a couple of years since we were able to go, and it's, it's just a tremendous and wonderful thing. Yeah, I'm going to say one thing. Uh, the church is called Kayla Kogadus, right? And Kogadus, you think, is a church, but it's not. It's actually the body the body, the people, the town, right? And so every church is named Kogadus at the end, that's body. And so we get that kind of wrong here sometimes. It's not about the name on the church building. It's about the body of Christ. And so they, they, that's one thing that I see that there. So the name should be the body of Christ, right? And that's what they do there. That's I didn't know that name. I thought it was church, but it's Kogadus and, and this body. And, and the interesting context is Estonia is considered the second or third most atheist, atheistic country in the world, not believing in God. But the word for church is kiddik, but the word they use when they refer to church, even non-believers, is kogadus, which is the people. And it's fascinating to me that in the U.S. we would say church, and a country that is vocally not believing in God would use the word people to refer to the church versus how we do it. It's, it's, it's just an interesting dynamic um, and I love that AJ said because it, it's so interesting to see how the people are ingrained in the culture of church there even when they don't believe. Good. And then um, the, this is us. Um, and, yep, here we go. Um, so this is like what we consider kind of like our home church in Estonia. And normally we would go and we would stay here. But um, we just love this. This is Kayla, uh, the church in Kayla. And... Um, this night was was special, and I'm just going to share one quick story. Um, so there were all of these people, and you see all of our wonderful, um, I think Pastor Gunnar calls them, well, I don't want to, the old ladies, right? Um, and so, and he, like, he goes and he drives to all of their houses and he picks them up because they can't, 
mind you, a lot of people in Estonia can't drive. Like, they just don't have driver's licenses. They don't have cars. They don't, you know, none of that. And they're kind of older, and so riding a bike normally isn't, you know, the best mode of transportation. But he drives around, and he picks them up. Pastor Keith got to go drive and pick them up um, this night. But they had a Meet the American night, and so they gathered, and they sang. Um, and mind you, most of these people we had already known from the past, but they, they're just so excited to be at church and to just get to be around fellow believers. And, um, and so this is us singing songs in Estonian. And the cool thing about Estonian is that if you can, like, if you know the alphabet, you can kind of, like, pronounce some of their words, even if you don't. It's not like Russian where they have, like, different alphabetical characters and stuff like that. But um, I just wanted to share a special story. So there's one lady up here. I don't, is Lina? it okay? Well, nope, go back. Sorry. We're going to yeah. be weird and interactive. Today. We are. Is that yeah. okay? Yeah. So Lena right. is right here. Last time we saw her, she had broken ribs and um, because she falls and she's not steady. Like she has to have somebody that supports her as she's walking. Um, and this woman, oh my gosh, like it, it almost wants to bring me to tears just talking about her. Like when she got to come in and see us and she just would stroke our face and rub our hair and she was just like, hallelujah, hallelujah, AJ, Keith, Sarah, hallelujah. And she would just say how she has been praying for us. And, um, and you know, they talk a lot in Estonian, and we don't understand all of it. But um, she would say, I think. She, yeah. she spent, and we've known her for years, and now I'm going to cry. She doesn't know a single word of English, but she spent six months learning, I love you to the moon. So that she could say that to us so when, we, that. when we arrived. Um, and so, and just so many of these ladies around here are just so special. Um, there's one in the center, and her name is Ingrid. Um, we had never met Ingrid before. And uh, at one point, the pastor, sorry, these chairs are like spinning, so I feel like my back's too. <laughs> To use my husband to hold me still. Okay. Um, and so uh, Pastor Gunnar, now I'm shifted the other way. Okay. Note for next time, don't use spinning chairs. Okay. Um, and Pastor Gunnar came up and was like, hey, like, this is Ingrid. She needs prayer. Like, please pray for her. And so he asked um, Helena and Katri and I and um, Carolina, which is uh, Katri's daughter, who's how old's Carolina? She's 11 or, yeah, I think she's 11 or 12, to go and pray for her. And um, mind you, she doesn't speak English. Ingrid doesn't speak English. So she kind of says what's going on, and it's something that, you know, women should be praying for. It wasn't something for men to be praying over. Um, and so we're praying and praying and praying, and, and, um, and then the Lord, like, opens my eyes, and he's like, you know Ingrid. And I'm like, no, like, I've literally, like, I have no idea who she is. And he's like, Sarah, like, you sponsored her. Like, you were her sponsor in the Village of Hope, which is a rehabilitation center in Estonia. She was like, you were her person. Like, you've sent her. And, and for some reason, just the name didn't click in that moment when he's like, this is Ingrid. And, um, like, he's like, you've sponsored her. You've prayed for her. You've, you, you know this woman. And I just thought, like, wow. Like, God, and mind you, the other women, they didn't know who she was. Like, they hadn't seen her. She just happened to, to be there. Pastor Gunnar had invited her, but she just happened to be there. And so I just think that it's crazy that God would bring me all the way halfway across the world and bring Ingrid um, to a church that she doesn't attend on Sundays, 
but to be there at the same time in the same place, um, to be able to pray over her and to just spend time with her. Like, if that's not God, like, what, what in the world is God, right? Like, he's so good and he's so faithful and he just, um, he just gives those gifts to us that um, are just so special. And so, yeah, so that was that night. Anything else from that night that you guys wanted to talk about? Oh, Pastor Keith was telling Caden, you're going to preach. <laughs> and, and, you know, Scripture says, it does say, Caden quoted it well, he paraphrased it well, don't let them look down because you're young. And the Holy Spirit had telling me, Caden's going to preach. And I knew it in my spirit. But I was giving him a hard time, and I kept telling him, are you ready to preach tonight? Are you ready to preach tonight? But I kid you not, as we're sitting in the circle, Caden started to preach. And it was God's word. And there was a couple of guys there that had come through the Village of Hope. And I kid you not, they're on the edge of their chairs. And they're nodding and they're agreeing. And it's all going through translators. And, and I, to be honest, Caden, I don't remember what the message was. I don't remember what you said. But it resonated with these men that are probably two or three times his age. Because I knew God had just told me Caden has a message. And, and, and he's going to preach. And Caden didn't know that. And Caden gave me some funny looks. And he's like, <laughs> oh, my God, you need to stop because I'm not going to preach. But he did. Well, it, it gave one person that is uh, from the Village of Hope that has now been out for two years on his own and getting contracts to actually testify his own testimony, how he came to Christ. After Caden said what he had to say, it gave him courage to testify his own testimony, which is amazing. Uh, it edifies the body and encourages people when you see that happen, right, um, which is awesome. And, and what we should know from that, and again, for everybody sitting here and listening online for that is, Pastor Justin comes up and preaches. Pastor Sarah, AJ, I come up and preach. But preaching is not just for who stands up here. Right. That's not what it's for. Right. Because it can happen in a moment in a circle halfway around the world. It can happen at work. It can happen at the grocery store. Yeah. And scripture even tells us to be ready in season and out of season to share the good news of hope of what we have. And that's what Caden did. And we cannot miss that because we think it's for Sunday. We right. think it's for an outreach event. And they're all good. We think it's for a yard sale. And it's for those things. But it's for every moment, every day, because we watched it happen in a young man who didn't even know what he was going to say, but it just came out. Good. Yeah. Good. Okay. And the next picture, I think uh, we have a lot of pictures. So sorry, you guys. But these are just some, um, some mighty women of God. And I'm actually going to get to speak about this. I think that's what God's put on my heart. I'm to speak about later on this month, so I'm going to skip past these ones because I'll talk about them later. And then, um, Kaden, where did we go next? Next, we went to camp. And it was, Do you want to talk about the camps and, okay. like, how long they were and how ages so, and stuff? Um, the camps, so first off, the camps were split into two age groups. One was 7 to 12. Another one was 13 to 16. And they were split, and each camp was three days back-to-back -back three days with one day of, like, sort of, like, rest in between. Like a half day of rest yeah. in between. Half yeah. day of rest. Well, it was, like, a full 24 hours. Rest okay. is relative. Okay. Full 20, yeah. And so what's going on in this picture, kid? We're playing Goggle This is the best game in, like, Goggle the entire ball. world. But these kids, these are the 7 to 11-year-old kids, but they are brutal at it. They're, like, <laughs> they, like, they would always, like, they would say, like, oh, get the American and, like, their language. Because they knew that I didn't know what was going on, but I was just like, okay, yeah. <laughs> and they would, like, play, like, 
they, they, got, would play, like, they got bloody knuckles. Like, and they would just literally go inside and wrap a paper towel around it and get back out there and keep playing. And I'd sitting there just like... Gaga Ball is, is one of the favorite games. Mm-hmm. But we also, and, and I love how Kane described this, because we also look at presenting the gospel and reaching for people through Jesus in just the Christian words we use versus the language of play and stepping into the world. And as you see, I mean, you've got Kane, you've got AJ, you've got myself stepping into the world and say, because I don't know about AJ, but for an old man, this is a hard game. Because you do a lot of bending over and a lot of squatting. You use a lot of muscles that I don't use very often. For Caden, it was um, a hard game, too. And, and this guy and I, crazy ones, we even did this in the pouring rain with him. But scripture also tells us to step into people's world and go to where they're at. And when Caden describes playing this game, this is actually stepping into their world, doing something that they love because it opens the opportunity to share Jesus and be Jesus to them in a game that I don't know about AJ, but like I said, I'm way too old to play. But the kids love it and they see love through it, and, and it reaches and opens conversations, and it also sees these crazy Americans that will say, it's, it's that whatever-it-take model. Are we willing to do whatever it takes to step into somebody's world and be a little bit of Jesus to them? Yeah. I'll give you a little insight on the kids themselves. Um, Sabrat Sabrale is a friend of friend, and we kind of uh, partner with them when we go there, and they put on camps for these indiv- for kids that are, come from um, poverty, from no economics from uh, places where they have a caseworker uh, tied to them, and they get to go to these programs for free, right? And so a lot of these kids are not church at all. They don't know, they don't go to church on Sundays or Tuesdays or Wednesdays. They probably never heard the name of Jesus until they went to camp, right? And so this is very important because it gives light into their, their life. And, and when Sobrato Sobrale puts on an event like this, it's about 20,000 euros, maybe 20,000 American dollars, I think, uh, to put on one event. And so they do this twice in the summer and twice in the winter. And uh, so um, this is very cool to see the leaders. And this is what we do, we give opportunity for the leaders to plug in while we take care of the things behind the scenes to actually feed into them about who Jesus is. So, And then we can go through um, a few pictures because we have a lot of pictures. This um, is the view. The view is so pretty oh my there. Gosh. Like, it looks this like is a, what we got to wake up and see in the morning, right? Super early before and, the kids and mind up, you, This is probably about 3 o'clock in the morning, too. And then this is... Um, we went swimming in the rain. Oh, yeah. that's... Wow. As Pastor Keith was saying, wow. like, you do, you do anything. <laughs> wow, you're white. Bad. Very white. Like, this is... This is um, it was not, like, a warm, hot, sunny day. Um, this was in the, the rain. But these kids, like, to be able to get into the lake, they don't care if it's raining. Like, at one point, it, there was, like, thunder and lightning coming down. And, um, and that's what I think is cool about these three guys sitting up here. Like, I was... I was taking the picture, so I was on dry land, and I was not about to jump into this, you know, um, this marshy body of water um, that you couldn't see. Like, yeah, but anyhow. But um, they got out there, and this is Margus, and he was, like, he he loves Keith and AJ, and he, you know, became friends with Caden, and, um, like, they were willing to go out in the cold, in the rain, and put on their bathing suits and jump. Like, is that the top thing that you want to do, like, when you get somewhere? Probably not. But because he wanted to do it, they got to show him the love of Jesus by getting out there and going and doing whatever it took to make this, this young man happy. And what's special about this young man is this is a young man that AJ and I had met two or three or four winters ago that didn't know Jesus. And the camp counselors actually put him and a friend of us in a room with him because they were the problem boys that nobody else could handle and even the leaders there couldn't handle. And they said, can we put you with them because 
we need somebody to deal with him. And this is a young man now that's going to church and knows Jesus. And he was a counselor at and the church And he was a counselor at, at the younger kids camp. Just because we chose to invest the time and the years with him because we stay in contact with him all throughout the year. And it's not because of us, but it's simply because somebody said yes to Jesus. Because when Carly called us years ago and said, we don't know what to do with these two boys. They're coming to winter camp. Can we put them in a room with you? Can you deal with them? We just said yes. And that sounds bad, but we just said yes because what would Jesus have us do? Say yes. And so that's, this is a special picture to us because he's not the same young man we knew a few years ago. Um, and, and he wants to pursue Jesus now, and he didn't before. Okay, we can go. Um, played lots of games. That's me and Pastor Keith racing each other. Yeah. I'm sure I lost. Yeah, and then, um, yep, and then they played a game where the little kids had to, like, find people and, like, drag them to safety, but they were all blindfolded. <laughs> it was cute. I know it looks like they're, they're having fun. <laughs> okay, good. And then um, AJ and Keith got to get up and actually share, um, you know, about the color white. Yeah, and, and we got to share a message. Part about the color white in the gospel, and really what it was is all these things we hold in our heart and all these things we pile in. And to, to make that message short, we're not going to preach the message, but when we allow Jesus in, all that stuff falls out. And we got to give this some analogy with ping pong balls in, in a jar. And when, but when you pour the spirit of Jesus in, all that stuff comes out, and they get to give all that stuff up. Um, and we got to share that with these kids, and, and their frame of reference there is it snows a lot, but then cars drive on the snow. And once that snow becomes dirty with soil and footprints and stuff like that, um, and I don't know if I can sit down for this, and I don't know how many more camp pictures we have, but... To give, you a little, to give you a little frame of context, this camp, I would call, guys, this is ground zero. The, AJ said that these kids come from hard backgrounds. Some of them come from very alcoholic, very abusive backgrounds. None of them come from Christian homes. Many of them come from communities. There's a whole group of Russian kids that come from communities where there isn't a church. There's a lady that takes care of kids that we would call latchkey kids, and that's her church, but there is no church. There is nobody preaching the gospel and sharing Jesus. So these kids come from places that are not church and there and we can go through the pictures but if you think about going into all the world and preaching the gospel this is ground zero these kids don't come knowing jesus we had some kids come we had some teenage girls come that came either high or drunk to camp so this is the this is the epitome of going into ground zero and sharing jesus and these kids just want to be loved that's Nina right there, and that's um, she's amazing. That's uh, the youngest little girl that was at the camp, um, and her story is is uh, sad. She has quite a few brothers and sisters, but um, and when you see these kids come to camp, they just want to eat, like they just eat, 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 like come back for seconds and thirds because they're hungry and they get good food here, you know. I want to I say a little thing about Nina. Nina is the one of the ones that will. She has two rooms in Narva, and that's the closest town to Russia. And there she takes in those latchkey kids or kids that don't have parents or alcohol abuse. And she opens up these two uh, kids' rooms uh, every week uh, to allow them to come over there and just get a little taste of uh, safety and peace and message of Jesus Christ. And matter of fact, there's two, uh, <laughs> two fishes in their aquarium they call Keith and AJ, which is funny. <laughs> we got to donate uh, to get that. And we found ways to go through channels to get them the money to go ahead and get this fish tank. And, and they enjoy this, this little love. And so this is to her. her they opened the home, and it's uh, her and her husband. And they have a crazy story. And 
one of these days we get to tell you, come talk to us about it. But he's, he's awesome, too. He has the Holy Spirit filled, and he's, he's a good guy. So. That's awesome. Um, we did lots of, uh, they learned how to make fires. There were some pictures that showed kids rock painting. And so thank you to those of you that donated um, paint and paint goods. Um, we actually gave the paints to a girl and she has since gone and painted more rocks that talk about Jesus on them. And she's like post putting them all around her little village that she's staying. So thank you to those people that, um, that bless the kids with that stuff. And then they learned how to make fires. AJ and Keith had to go out and make fires, like, in the pouring rain in and rain. stuff every single night. No lighter fluid. No lighter fluid. Oh, like, no. I mean, at one point there was, like, Please, hardly Lord, any matches. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was fun. And then just kids just loving, uh -huh. you know, getting attention. And then there's a picture of the younger kids' camp. The next couple photos. There were, I think, there. like, 45. 45 of the younger kids, and then I think like 55 or so at the older kids' camp. And, and again, and as, you, as you look at this, imagine all the blue shirts. They're kids that may have never heard of Jesus before. And the only place they ever hear is at this camp when they've come before. So as you've given, as you've prayed, the gospel through us but through these leaders was preached to these kids. And they continue to hear about Jesus because of the, of the other leaders so as you see these faces, I, I would ask you guys, let some of these faces etch in your memory, and you may not know their names, but pray, because they're getting to know Jesus through what God is doing, and, and it just, I don't know, it's hard to describe. That's my, that's my buddy Oliver. Champion. Champion. And so uh, he kept on winning head, knees, shoulders, and spoons, and uh, I'd call him champion the rest of the time. He kept on like, champion, and I was a champion, and. And, and it's crazy because I just, you know, I, I felt something for him. And, and uh, just hang out, hang out, talk to him. And he wrote me a letter. Um. And a little backstory on Oliver. Um, his, mom, uh, his mom is sick, and she's a single mom, and she, um, she doesn't have money to provide for, for her, her child, unfortunately. Um, and so... Uh, it was just very special, but he wrote like AJ, mind you at that age, they don't, most of them don't like speak a lot of English at that age, but uh, he just wrote a very heartfelt note to AJ um, because there were envelopes and you could like write to different people and put messages in there. And I mean, his was like almost like a two paragraph note um, to AJ about how special he was to him and, and that, and so that's. And then the envelopes that the notes were put in, um, I was talking to one of the leaders there, Hope, and she said, oh, it's not traditional for them to get, like, thanks or praise there. So the notes the mean a lot. Like, yeah. the kids. So the notes actually mean a lot to them. And so, like, it's really, like, touching to them when they get, like, notes and stuff. Because it's not something that they traditionally have. But this is what it looks like to say yes to Jesus. <laughs> this emotion is real. And, and you can tell, and I don't know how much time you more have. You can tell how much we love for Estonia. But, but the thing that should come out of this face right now is this is how desperate we should be for people in Estonia, for people in Mexico, and for people outside these walls right now. Because that connection, and this is what matters. So capture, capture this face right now. Because this is, and, and it may be embarrassing, but, but this is what happens when God ingrains something so deeply in your heart and you care so much and you yeah. just want yeah. people to know Jesus. It's desperation, it's emotion, it's passion. 
And this is why, even, even all this setup, everything we're doing here, this is why it matters. Because we want to reach into the lives of people around us. That, that little boy in Estonia or that person that might be at the grocery store when you leave church today. That is good. And then we'll keep going through some camp pictures. We have a lot of pictures, you guys. Okay. That was Keith. That was Caden's favorite. That one's my favorite. I took that photo of him. Keith being silly. Okay, we can keep going. We'll we'll send that one out. Oh, we'll he put that dyed his email. hair too. Yeah, and that's another thing. Um, Margos, like we had gotten hair dye, and so they got to dye hair. We can go through. I think there's a few pictures. Um, and so Keith, Pastor Keith, did his hair blue. It didn't stay. Um, but, but just being though, so. everything to, to the kids, right? Doing whatever the kids wanted. Like, he just wanted to, um, not Pastor Keith. Well, Pastor Keith, too. They both wanted to dye their hair. Um, and then I think there might be another one. Nope. Okay. There's the dishes that we were talking about. Playing some goggle ball. That's I know. Actually. We have a lot of pictures, so I'm trying to move through them so we can, yep, you can keep going. So, um, oh, oh, one thing that I did want to talk about, and I had a Bible verse to go with that one. Well, not this. Hold on. I'm going to skip. When she did the Bible, this is really yeah. important. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like, if you ask these guys what their favorite part of camp is, what will all three of you guys say on the count of three? Ready? One, two, three, go. Your kids. favorite part of Estonia. No, sauna, your favorite part of Estonia. Sauna, waking up kids. Kids. Night games. Uh, okay, when they were asked before, they would all say, I'll, I'll whisper to them. What was camp. your favorite part? Oh, camp. Camp, camp. Yeah. yeah. So they, they loved being at the camp. And for me, um, I loved being at the camp. Like, the three of them are silly and goofy, and, like, they run around and chase kids and be like, hey, what's that on your shirt? And then pop them in the nose. And, <laughs> you know, me. they're just they're me. just silly, right? And for me, like, I'm more reserved. I'm more, like, serious, and I don't, like, run around chasing people, and I don't get, like, soaked in water. And, you know, I'll stay outside and, like, take the pictures from the dryness. Um, I won't jump into the lake. Like I'm, uh, I'm boring. Okay. Okay. But anyhow, I said it, there we go. Um, and so, uh, well, they got to kind of do this stuff and just be, you know, interacting with the kids and stuff. Um, that, that wasn't what God had asked me to do. God mm -hmm. had asked me to do something different. Mm -hmm. And so I was in the kitchen a lot of times helping with the dishes in between. Cause when you have that many kids, if you have never been to a camp and seen how many dishes a kid use, if you think that your children at home make a lot of dishes, try having 45 to 55 of them in the amount of dishes that they make. When they have a plate for um, for their main meal, a plate for dessert, they have a plate for bread, they have a cup for this, a bowl for that, it, it's a lot of dishes. Anyhow, so um, I just wanted to share, um, and I'm not going to go all the way into it, but in 1 Corinthians 12, um, it talks about how all of us are called to be different parts of the body. And so um, the first time I went to camp, I'm like, gosh, I have to run around and I have to be silly. And that's not me, right? But I got to go to camp and I got to be me. And I got to serve the way that God had asked me to serve. And it just reminds me of um, being one body with many different parts. I got to fill a different need that the three of them didn't fill. And um, they filled a need that I didn't fill. And so just being encouraged that just because, um, you know, everybody else is running around being crazy wild people, it doesn't mean that you have to serve in the same way. So God will use you. If you are obedient, then God is going to use you right in your comfort zone. You don't have to serve the exact same way that the person to the right and to the left of you serves. You get to serve in the way that is best for you. So don't be scared to serve because you don't do that kind of stuff. Um, just know that 
just be obedient in whatever he asks you to do. Yeah. Okay. So th this, this is special, and, and you guys have been, we've been working on the Estonia Bible Project, and this is kind of an offshoot of that, and, and we're working on getting those Bibles printed, but this is something pretty incredible. Um, you guys know the Slave Free Project and certain paid for princesses, and they, um, they built or created 120 Russian and Ukrainian Bibles for us to take, and we packed those in duffel bags and we took them. And here what you have sitting us with Nina, who we've known for years, and, and Andre, who we just met this year, that are both um, Russian nationalists that live in Estonia. They're Estonian Russians, if you will. And um, we had 80 or so Russian Bibles. And even I had a little bit of apprehension in my head because these Bibles are all created, but they're created with, with and if you know paint for princesses, these are beautiful works of art. They have inserts. They have all these great things in them. But a lot of them have pro-Ukrainian things in them and Ukrainian. And I was even thinking, well, how are Russian friends going to react to that based on what they hear in the propaganda? And, and I remember, and there's actually a picture I love more than this one. Um, I don't know if it's there, Danny, the one with Sarah and um, Yeah, if you and keep Nina, going. Because Nina's response to this was, and Nina knows very little English, but for her response to this was super and tears. Because there's now 120 Bibles or 80-some-odd Bibles going into Russia and the Russian community. And, and this picture is why we do everything that we do. Because these Bibles are going into Narva, into people's hands, but it's no longer just a Bible. This is a special work of art that has special inserts and special artwork in it. And Andre is actually taking these Bibles because Andre himself is actually from St. Petersburg, right. which is in Russia. It's about a two-hour drive from the border in Narva. And he's actively, is, I don't know, we haven't heard from him as early as this weekend or today, taking these Bibles into, into Russia and putting them in the hands of Russians that don't have Bibles, That's right. that are hearing the word of God, but are also getting a message because, and I'm not going to get into politics, but we know the war in Ukraine and we know all that's going on, but there is a whole generation of Christians and younger people in Russia that don't agree with what's happening. And so we put not only Bibles in our hands, but we put Bibles in our hands that bridge that gap between Russia and Ukraine and what's happening, and they loved it, and they wept, and there were tears, and there's a young man, um, Andre, who's taking these Bibles into Russia because he says, I want to take them. And he asked, and I think I'm actually taking more because he asked for more Bibles to take into Russia. And that is when we say to go into all the world and share the good news, sometimes we can't go. Right now, we wouldn't get visas, and they wouldn't let us into Russia. But you find a way. And God provided us a way through Paint for Princesses and through you guys to get Bibles into Estonia that are going directly into Russia. And I can think of no better thing that we could all be a part of. And that's Andre and, and AJ there. And look at, look at that proud face of a young man. He's, he's studying um, um, radio marketing, but he loves Jesus, and he wants to take Bibles into Russia, and he wants to share Jesus, and he wants to put um, Bibles in the hands of Russians that don't have them. And there's no greater partner, and there's no greater thing that we could do. So as you look at that face, remember that face and remember that name and pray. Because he's not really at any risk, but he's going and doing something pretty crazy for him and taking Bibles to where they are right now. That it is a risk uh, to bring those Bibles into Russia with Ukrainian stuff on it. It's a, it's a definite risk. And he's only been, he got baptized about two years ago. Got to spend some time with him and talk to him. But uh, he's, he loves Jesus and he loves uh, the kids. But uh, let's be praying for him because that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And it just, I don't know. I can't sit down anymore. Do you guys, <laughs> do you guys get the gravity of that though? Yeah. Bibles going into Russia where there aren't. Bridging a gap between this political and war divide right now and saying Jesus wins and it's about Jesus. It's not about Ukraine. It's not about Russia. It's not about 
politically who's right and who's wrong, and, and we can get into all the political stuff here, just Bible's going in the hands and word of God in the hands of people that need it. And, and I know running into them, but this is so credible and so special. And this was not planned. When, when we first planned our trip, we didn't know this was going to happen. Yeah. But God made a way, and then God brought us into the young life of a man that we'd never met before, knowing that those Bibles were going to they're gonna go. We got to rejoice in that. It's yeah. such an incredible thing. And then, um, if we can just flip through some of the slides, roll like quickly, like kind of almost towards the end. Um, keep just kind of go quick, if you can go quick. If you don't see any photos of me, that's because I also got sick halfway through with the head yeah. cold. Yeah, he did, but he powered through. Yeah, yeah, just keep I'm going so quick. Hard. As quick as possible, because um, there is one video, or not a video, but um, there's one picture of a girl laying on a bench at a at a at a bus stop. Um, yeah, I mean it's we're yeah, is it slowing down? Okay, but there's a picture of um, a girl laying on a bench. Uh, I had taken a Bible, and there was one Bible left, and I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna put it on this bus stop out in front of the church, and um, and. I, I kept like looking, there was this girl that was just sitting there, she was just by herself, and then I caught a picture of her like leaning over and she was opening the Bible and she was like reading what was written in the Bible. And um, I just think like, you know, those little seeds that can be planted, like we can do that anywhere, right? If you've ever seen those boxes that you can like trade books or whatever, think about putting a Bible in there. Like what, what happens if somebody picks that up and the word of God can get into somebody's hands that may not have, have ever known? And we have tons. We had a bunch of Bibles go to Living Israel, um, which is um, our friend Hannah. Um, she and her husband lived there and helped run that, but it's another um, program. And so they took the rest of the, I think, 80 Bibles, and they're taking them into Ukraine because um, they're Russians, but they will go to the border of Ukraine and take diapers and take things that they need in there, and they're taking those Bibles there. And I know that our time is probably well, up, and we're not going to get through everything, but yeah. Uh, scripture with you real quick and this is what we take with us when we go is uh first corinthians 9 22 this is paul writing right and so to the weak i become weak to win the weak i have become all things to all people so that by all possible means i might save some i do this for the sake of the gospel that i may share it in its blessing and that's what we do it, all things short of sin to win anybody towards the gospel of Christ, right? And this is what we do when we step out to TCM or out to the community, out to, to Estonia. So, and this is the last picture at 3:45 a.m. when we were leaving Estonia. Hello. Okay, it's back on. It also stays light out 20 about 24ish hours. For three hours, it gets like dusky, but other than that, it's all it's pretty much sunny all the time. So it was wonderful, and if you want to see the rest of our pictures, we'll share oh, them with you guys. Um, there's marshmallow fields. And a couple of the really quick things. There is, there are Ukrainian refugees there. And right now there's one, in our favorite church, in our home church there, there's one Ukrainian refugee that we didn't happen to meet, but that is in that church now in Kayla. And she got a Bible, a Ukrainian Bible in her mother tongue that was a painful princess's Bible. And she wept because it was one of the best gifts she'd ever gotten. And in the hospital in Kayla, they've, they've gutted the first floor and turned it into living quarters for Ukrainian refugees. And then we just learned something really cool and unique with this Ukraine connection that the church in Kayla that was built in 1904, that's like one of our favorite places in all of Estonia, was actually built in partnership and helped built by Ukrainians. Yep. 
So it's it's so unique to watch what God is doing and so unique to even things we learned this trip that we didn't know before, how God's bringing and building this network and knitting our hearts together with the people of, of a faraway land. And, and, and I love what AJ said because our friend Crick, who is a missionary in Estonia, says that scripture well, are we willing to do anything short of sin to reach the people around us? Are what cost and what length are we willing to go to to reach people? And I guess, and I don't know what AJ has, but one of the messages we want to leave is we get fired up about Estonia and we love it. And, but what sometimes we think we have to go across the world to do that, or we have to go to TCM to do that. And if anybody wants to go to Estonia, this is my shameless plug. If you don't have a passport, get a passport. Because if you have a passport and Jesus tells you to go, you can go. If you don't have a passport and he's telling you to go to Estonia or Mexico or someplace, you're, you're the obstacle to him sending you. So get a passport so you can go and you can, and you can be open because here my send me means to be available. And, and God desires us to just be available to him. But being available doesn't just mean going to Estonia. It doesn't just mean going to Mexico. That being willing to step into people's world, to do anything short of sin to reach a person, might mean today at the park, might mean at the grocery store, might mean at work. And don't miss that. Because I've been studying hard in scripture that I think complements that. And scripture tells us in Timothy, and I'm paraphrasing, to do the work of an evangelist and do the ministry that God has called you to. And you see a pastor or pastors up here that preach that are vocational in ministry. But all of you are called to ministry. All of you are called to do a ministry for God. And God's desire is that you do that whatever it takes to just say yes to him. And that might be some things you're comfortable with. And that might be some things you're uncomfortable with. He might ask you to do something crazy and you're like, ah, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, it might be going to Estonia. It might be paying for that person's gas when you don't have a lot. That's one thing I love about that picture, and I got to tell about Lena, this is an old lady that doesn't have much. But when we've been to the, there in the winter in Estonia, and this is a woman, it's the widow's mite. She has tried to put money in AJ and I's hands because she wants to give to the work that God's doing when she has so little. Because the woman that is so precious just wants to say yes to Jesus. And we're going over there to do things for them. And she's trying to put resources in our hands to do that. And if that's not a better picture of what God would have us do, but it doesn't, I don't know if I'm articulate, it doesn't take a trip to Estonia to do it. That matters and that's important. And I will take anybody that wants to go over to Mexico. But it doesn't require you going over there. It might require you walking out in the parking lot today or going to the grocery store today or at the park today or tomorrow or at work or whatever it is. Because to do anything short of sin to reach a person and just step into their life and not be afraid and just say, I don't, Jesus, whatever it is, I'm going to do it. Jesus, whatever it is, I'm going to do it. That's what he desires of us most. And I hope with all the excitement and all the pictures, what you take is just do. Just say yes. Because there's something, and I can guarantee it's for today. And, and God hit me with something that I've heard for a long time in my head, but I want to share it today. I didn't even think about this till now, but that concept of doing anything short of sin, are we willing to live every day and every moment with the desire to impact somebody's eternity? Because if you can walk out of here and, and 
potentially impact someone's eternity. And it might be by doing something big, and it might be doing by something small. But I think Scripture would say, live every moment with your eyes open on the horizon, looking for what God has, because I might change somebody's eternity. And that could be, it could be opening a door for somebody. It could be paying for their gas. It could be a simple calling the clerk by the store by their name and asking them how their day is. Might be the difference in their day in eternity, but don't miss it because it's there. So I think of, gosh, I'm going off. I think of Gideon, though. And when, when the men that Gideon chose were being called into battle, they kept their eyes on the horizon. They kept a spear in hand, and they kept their eyes on the horizon looking for what God had for them, unafraid to do whatever God had for them. So don't, don't miss that. And Pastor Justin, I don't know how we wanted to end today, but, but don't miss that, guys, because he desires, and it doesn't take a title of a pastor. It doesn't take a vocation. It doesn't take you being on stage. It doesn't matter what your job is. Your age doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your age is because Caden impacted men more than twice his age by just speaking what the Holy Spirit had doesn't matter just do and don't question it and don't be afraid and I guarantee you when you do that not only are you going to be energized but he's going to do more and you're going to want more of it and you're going to want more of it and you're going to go from I don't know if I can do this that's kind of weird God I'm a little bit afraid to I can't wait to do more when's the next time so I guess eyes on the horizon what does God have eyes on the horizon whatever that looks like God, show me. Actively pray. God, what can I do today? Don't just hope God brings you something. God, keep my eyes open. What can I do today? Who can I reach today? God, what do you have for me today? God, bring me somebody to do. Bring me somebody to do. Because I want everybody to have that same passion, that emotion that, that AJ has. That's what, that's what God would desire of us. That the people around us whether it's the person we know or the little boy we've met or the stranger we've never met is so important to us that we would weep for them because they're that important. Jesus wept over people that he loved, people that he barely knew. Do we weep and are we willing to weep over people that we, we've just met but God places in our hearts so deeply? I, 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 again, I love, I, I love that picture, AJ. I know it's hard, but... That is the picture of what God would do with our hearts if we care that deeply and we pursue that deeply. So we love you guys. I think we're going to end in worship. We love you guys, but don't, don't let this just be warm and fuzzy, though. Let it inspire your heart. Go before God and say, God, I want, what is it? What is it? What is it you have me do? And it's that song, Spirit, Take Me Deeper, right? Where my feet are without borders. Take me deeper than my feet.
That's what it's all about. I never preached again and we just had moment after moment after moment after moment of people living out their faith and seeing people come to know Jesus there's no sermon that speaks better than what we just heard today no sermon living the word of God more so than just preaching it it's so Right, Pastor Keith, we have the opportunity to do that this weekend. Right now, <laughs> we have that opportunity to go out into Abelia Sports Park here in a few hours. And you just never know. You never know. Whew. You never know if it's just giving a bottle of water to a homeless person in Hemet all week long. Or sitting with a young man who doesn't know who he's called to be. And so he says, hey, I'm going to go out and give water to people too watching that happen this is what the church is supposed to be it's not a country club just like I preached last week it's not a country club I'm so done with the country club mentality of church I'm proud of this church I'm proud of these pastors I'm proud of these leaders and I'm proud of you for being the church for stretching your faith for scaring the crap out of yourself so you can go and be what Jesus called you to be I'm so proud of our youth team for what we did yesterday. I'm so proud because the church is finally getting over themselves so you can go and be the church. Amen. These chairs, we're not going to have enough very soon because more and more people will step out in faith and share the gospel with someone. That's what it is. That's what it means. For that young man to go over into Russia, I promise you, I've got Marine friends who would be scared to do that. That's what being the church is. If you're here this morning or you're watching online, I believe that every time that you have a mic in your mouth, there should be an opportunity to come to know Christ. And I know we're over time, so I apologize, but this is an important moment because this could be somebody's forever. This could be somebody's forever. So. If you're here this morning and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, this is your moment. If you're watching online and all this touched you, you still don't know where Estonia is, but you're going, gosh, man, I just want to have faith like that. I want to know a God like that. I, I don't need another church. I don't need another sermon. I don't need another Bible study. I need to know Jesus. If that's you here this morning or you watching online right now, just pray with me for a minute. It's just a state of your heart. 
And when you pray, you don't have to pray some special prayer with all the words from the King James Version. You can just pray. You can just talk to God. Just saying, Jesus, I don't have everything I need to go on by myself anymore. I need you. And I can't do this without you. I might not be going into Russia tomorrow, but I can't go into work tomorrow without you. I can't go home to my messy house without you. I can't go into this sleepless nights again without you. And God, I need you. And no matter where you're at this morning, there's so many people I can just, I can feel your pain right now. I can feel the, the struggle. I can feel the, I, I don't have enough money for gas. I can feel the... Will we ever own a house with, with housing prices like this? I feel you right now. And so, God, we just pray that your peace that surpasses all understanding would come over us right now into this place. And, Jesus, we give you our life, everything that we have, even if it's not enough. We give it to you right now, and we're just believing for something more, for something greater. And if that's you this morning, just give me a shout of an amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. Come on, lift up a shout this morning. Amen. Amen. Spirit lead us. Spirit lead us. Can I throw something else in? If anything's prompting somebody and you're a little bit afraid to go do something for Jesus, you call me, you call AJ, you call Justin, you call Sarah. I'll go do it with you. We'll go do crazy stuff with you. Don't be afraid. Say yes. And if you need somebody to encourage you, you need somebody to come alongside you, you call me. I'll do it. There's a bunch of warriors in this place that are breaking through. John's breaking through. Michelle's breaking through. Adam's breaking through. We got so many people breaking through in this place. I look around and there's just more and more people breaking through into the new place in their faith. Ed and Julie are breaking through. These guys, I'm just, I look around and I just know there's just breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. And here's the thing. When you break through, you bring people with you. You bring people with you. It reminds me of when, when uh, the, the, the four-minute mile was broken. One person broke it. It's, it was said to be impossible that the human body could not move that quickly to run a mile in four minutes. Is that right? I'm going to make that up. I'm making sure I'm making it right. Four-minute mile. It's impossible for the human body to do it. Once the first person did it, five people did it that year. Listen, you break through in your faith this year. You break through in your faith in this moment. Maybe it's just saying hi to somebody that you've never talked to before. Maybe it's sharing your testimony. Maybe your, whatever your next step of faith is. Maybe it's serving on a team. Maybe it's saying, yes, Jesus, I'm in. I'm going to be a tither. Like whatever your breakthrough is, there might be five people waiting behind you going, if they can do it, maybe I can too. Hey, they're quiet and introverted. Maybe if maybe they share in their testimony, maybe I can too, right? Maybe it's, maybe it's a Caden in your life. Having a young man like that go, I'm, I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to share the word of God. And having a, somebody who's 30, 40, 50 years old going, you know what? Maybe I can do that too. Are you with me? Amen. Well, we do have to tear down this room today. Um, the band, the, 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 all the schools getting ready to get come back to school and do those things. So the band's going to be in here this week practicing and doing things like that for the school. And, and so we got to pick this room up. It, we, have we enjoyed this last month not having to do that? 
Amen. Thank you, God, for not having to set up and tear down for a month, but we joyfully get to tear down today, and we get to set up next week, and then we have a worship night next week, too, so I'm excited for that. That's going to be awesome. Come on Wednesday night, we'll have worship night, but come out and hang out with us at the park. I know it's a little warm. It's a little cooler than last weekend, so so we get to enjoy that a little bit, but come out to the park with us out at Abelia at 4 o'clock. We're going to have some free hot dogs and hang out with everybody and just love on people. Maybe, maybe you're crazy like Pastor AJ, Pastor, Sa- or Pastor Keith, and, and Kaden, or maybe you're just like Pastor Sarah, and maybe you're just there in different ways, in different forms. All of it's important. Amen? Amen? So just come. Just come and be a part. Maybe you're just standing there being a smiling, happy, good-looking family. And that's it. Like we're, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to play the games. I don't make a fool of myself, but I'll have a hot dog, and I'll, you know, just come. Just come and be a part. Let's be the family of God together. Amen? Have an amazing week. Bring somebody to church next week. It's going to be awesome.